0: The global pandemic has caused disruption for the world's economies, with jobs markets becoming increasingly competitive. Faced with greater uncertainty, how can graduates and those looking to take their first step into the real estate industry ensure that they stand out from the crowd? Here to discuss this with me is Nick Carman, Partnership Director at McDonald & Company, a specialist recruitment consultancy for the real estate and built environment sectors. Today, we start the first in a series of three podcasts, which will look at how candidates can effectively market themselves up first and look at how to begin the search. You're listening to Sarah Jackman, and this is Bricks and Mortar from EG. Nick, great to have you join me today for the first in this series of three podcasts. I know that you're an experienced podcaster. You've just recorded quite a number of podcasts for an Accelerating Careers series, I understand. So yeah, that's, thank, that's
1: right. you, thank yeah. you for
0: stepping in on the other side and coming to be interviewed today.
1: Well, it's, I mean, it's definitely much easier asking the questions, isn't it? <laughs> so you'll have to let me know how I get on.
0: Good stuff. I'm going to have a look really at three different aspects of careers. And we're starting today by just getting that first step on, on the ladder and getting your foot really through the door. I mean, where do people start in terms of getting that first step?
1: Okay, well, this isn't going to be surprising to most. I think let's let's start off with the CV. And I think it's it's quite important to stress. This is the, the first tool in, in any job seekers armory. But I think over time it has now got diminishing value. OK. And I think we'll you know, we we'll, was over the course of the series, these, these three episodes, I think we'll spend a bit more time just exploring why, why that is and, and some of these other tools and how valuable they are. But, yeah, as a, a very, very sort of quick history lesson I went, I went on yesterday evening in terms of sort of prep. Um, apparently, Leonardo da Vinci is the first credited uh, writer of a CV in
0: 1482.
1: Is that um, right? Okay. Apparently, well, obviously, the internet never lies, does it? So that, that, must be, that must be correct. And they were then sort of more commonly used in the early 20th century by travelling tradesmen to show past jobs and references they'd done. Um, yeah. But it wasn't until the 1950s that it became common practice. First publication of a how to write a CV was in 1984, and then comes along to, uh, LinkedIn in 2003, and then YouTube in 2005 as, as the possible tool people might use for video CVs. But as a, as a recruiter, we've only seen video CVs emerge in the last five years, but probably in the last 12 months have really taken off in terms of popularity.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Well, perhaps we can come back and just touch on that. Based on your experience, what are firms looking for from their graduates?
1: OK, so if we're talking specifically then about, about graduates, it's quite important for us all to sort of understand that when you're, when you're leaving university, whether it's partway through your career or, or whether you've a uh, more traditional sort of school lever than university years, yeah. you haven't had much time to collect a lot of work mm-hmm. experience. So a graduate CV you know, will look very, very similar right across the board. So as an employer you're looking probably at the two the two elements you can you sort of universally benchmark people guess that's their academic scores and how how and what have they learnt about the industry they are applying to it's a bit late now to change those academic scores by the time you're writing those CVs so uh, but obviously there's a lesson there to be learned to makes to for how important that is as uh, when you're starting out but the second piece about how committed you are and what you know about your industry. Now, that, that is, I think, is, is something that a lot of people can learn, a lot a lot more people can be doing uh, as well. Now, we could talk about internships um, and the likes, and we can talk about the importance of, of getting out to to understand more about people who are working and the roles there are in real estate as well. But there's also, I think, there's a, there's a lot more sort of lower hanging fruit, but simply.
0: How would you categorise that? I mean, what, what are you thinking of?
1: OK, so... Let's, I'll go in reverse order let let's go let's go for the lower hanging hanging fruit first yeah. shall we Well, as, a, as an employer you know, hiring is a risky decision you know, bringing someone into their organization who they don't know very well and we could we could talk about sort of the psychologies of interviews and the successes of the I- interviews but ultimately you're going to spend somewhere between about sort of two to five hours with someone and then make a decision as to whether you want to work with them for the next two three four or five years time so as a candidate, you want to try and de-risk that decision for the employer to the very best possibility. You want to try and show to them that you are going to have the highest potential of all the people they are meeting.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think, sort of particularly as a graduate, you want to be able to show that you understand as much about that industry as possible. You've spoken to as many people as possible. You've attended as many networking events. You've attended as, as many online seminars as possible. Now, as particularly for a graduate, you know, we, we talked about sort of how light their CV might actually be, you've got bags and bags of space there to, to bump this up with all this information. Yeah. Yeah. And let's, now's not the time to be modest because you're asking that sort of that one or two page CV in order to get you foot in the door. So I think to the um, we'll spend a bit more time talking about networking I think uh, a little later on but one of the the silver linings of the pandemic of course and, and so many of these more sort of institutional networking events that were member-only access now have opened their doors to online access, um, uh, some for free and some, some for only any sort of minimal costs. And I think that is money well spent to someone looking to enter the industry. And like I said, let's list those seminars that you've attended. It shows not only you've got an interest, but it just shows you that you have thought about this. And I think I imagine to a lot of graduate employers, you know, they're wondering not only is this the best graduate for us, but also are they best suited to our sector? Or is it just simply they're doing what all their housemates are doing right now and sending off 100 applications a day and hoping that someone calls them back?
0: Okay, so trying to be targeted then and really putting your efforts into networking and absorbing some of the offers that are available at the moment.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: We touch then on networking. I mean, how do you go about starting to build your network
1: okay so I I think this is a a really really important question but I don't want to sort of underplace I imagine sort of how daunting that could be particularly Mm -hmm. we talked we started talking about sort of graduates if you do not know anyone in that industry I imagine it, it sounds pretty scary so start small because every bit counts I think that's that's the most important lesson so Start by having a look at some of the, the membership organisations for, uh, for the areas you're looking at. So obviously for real estate, it has got a, a large number. We're talking about REBA for architects, the RSCS for surveyors, CIOB for the construction industry. Let's start there. But then very, very quickly, they start looking at some of the other membership groups, like sort of Urban Land Institute, the uh, New London Architecture, to name to name just a handful. And all these organisations right now are offering free seminars to guests. They're offering discounted rates then for graduates in order, in order to invite that, that next level or next sort of uh, generation of the industry to, to get involved. Start listening to people who are talking about that industry. And I think we talk, we're obviously talking about getting a foot on the ladder, aren't we? But, but sort of longer term, this is helping to shape people's view on real estate. What areas do they, do they find a greater affinity with? And that might well then sort of start to spark a really interesting career much earlier than you've had an opportunity before if, if you didn't do that research. But, and this is the the tricky bit, once you've listened to one of these webinars, once you've been a member of a seminar, once you've seen someone's name, try and find a little bit more out about them. See if you can track down an email address. See if you can find where where they might work. See if you can find even a a generic email. And make the effort to send in an email. Explain how you've you've enjoyed that. Explain what you benefited from. And then, cheekily, ask for something back in return. What what you're looking for, of course, here is is to learn a bit more about that industry. So I would probably take a step back rather than asking for an internship or a a job right now. I'd probably just ask for sort of 10, 15 minutes of their time. Could they help you in terms of maybe some interview preparation? Could they tell you a bit of a story about how they got started? Could they help you in terms of putting you in touch with some of the best people who might be looking to to hire someone of of that skill? These people inevitably will want to help because they have been through this themselves they know those challenges and i promise you they're not as scary as they might first see when you see these sort of high level sort of personalities or sort of uh, celebrities of the real estate world the ceos and the likes now, they generally want to help they, and probably they would say they probably don't ask for help as much as they would like
0: you can start them building it that way and then presumably there's also an awful lot of work that can be done in just building up your networks with amongst your peers. How, how do people maximise that?
1: Depending on the, um, on the university, if your average sort of graduate coming into real estate is coming from an Oxford Brooks or a Reading, these, these guys already have large sort of real estate um, clubs and societies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's look to those those first, and and often they will have quite close links to some of the larger, particularly sort of agency transactional uh, businesses as well, um, who might want to be visiting, let's say sort of graduates two or three year plus who might be returning back to their universities, and, and no doubt will be great sort of mentors about how to get started. So you're absolutely right. Let's let's have a um, let's think about how we how we can use their connections to get you started, even if it's just giving you that insight into. it means to work in real estate and just again coming back to that point about trying to you know to to be not only the person who's got the highest value but also the lowest risk to that that employer making sure you you can explain to an employer that you have spent some time talking to someone who has been along this path 12 months ago 24 months ago will be incredibly high value to that employer think well this person has really taken the time to get to know what i'm going to be offering them what's in store for them
0: and once you've got your network, you've started to find out a little bit about the industry. You've got some ideas in terms of the direction that you might then want to go. How do you look to build up some work experience?
1: Okay, so uh, I think we we talked about then sort of the networking and sort of breaking the ice, haven't we? And this is next, and this is that stepping stone, isn't it, to line that that first ideal role in in real estate now. Lots and lots of people, particularly sort of graduates, no doubt, will be very aware of paid internships within the multinational sort of corporations. And you know, I wind the clock back to you know, more years than I'd like to remember in terms of my days in university. And it, and it was a competition between your peers about sort of you know, who was applying to where and all these sort of big household names firing in sort of applications. But again, there are smaller and often more, more local options that are quite easily overlooked as well. So think about your local area think about which real estate companies are there and that, that includes everything from estate agents brokers advisors and um, depending on whereabouts of you you live or, or have been studying and so the proximity to some of the, the larger sort of hubs now start to to meet start to virtually to sort of do your do your research about who is in this community and then start to make some more personal approaches to them now they might not like the phrase sort of internships because that, sound, that sounds sort of very corporate and very formalised. But if you get even just a coffee with these guys to get started, I think that already starts to work towards that work experience goal. Yeah. It is understanding what it takes in order to succeed in that market. It means as a graduate, you are learning more about that market, what those many disciplines undertake, because you might well have done the academic study. You, know, you might well have done the the understanding of what goes into to complete a project or to make a property transaction. But I guarantee you, you'll be relatively immature in terms of your understanding about what goes on on a day-to-day, and that, to an employer, is really, really important.
0: And that's an important theme to explore, actually. We've talked a little bit about the CV, the practical sort of work experience and understanding of the industry. But how do you go about a potential employee really demonstrating skills that you've got?
1: OK, well, listen, so let's take a step back then, back, back to the CV. Mm-hmm. So this, the CV, whether you're a graduate or whether you've got sort of 30 years experience, the guidelines are, are pretty similar, although they may look different. I think that um, what is really important here is this is not a list of your responsibilities. It is not a list of your own job description. It is a, a summary of your achievements and the value you've added. Mm-hmm. So I think it is really important to keep reminding yourself this. And as if, whether you are a graduate who's been involved in, in one or two societies and had some part-time work, or whether you're someone who's, who has got that 30 years experience, think about what is the value and the achievements you have completed in that. Because the person reading that CV is not looking just simply for someone who can do the job they're looking for the person who can best do that job now there are lots of different ways in which people now review cvs as well i think this is quite an important sort of topic just maybe to, to make sure people understand so at mcdonald company in the month of january we received 3715 new applications to, to roles if we allowed ourselves just 10 minutes to review every cv and if we only had one person reviewing the CV, that's 77 days worth of reading CVs. Now, as much as we, um, we want to make sure we, we emphasise the quality and that first support when into making that connection between a job seeker and particularly in, in our industry within that recruiter, because of the way in which sort of job advertising has, has matured over the years, because it's now just as easy to apply to a job 10,000 miles away as it is, is on your doorstep, The number of applications coming through are really, really high. So it just essentially sort of doubles down on that effort for you to making sure that CV really does you justice and really, uh, really sort of shows those achievements and the value that you can bring. Make sure it's in, in simple terminology. Quite often, the first person who is reviewing the CV will not be a line manager. They may not be overly familiar with the role in hand. They might be within a HR team, they might be within an internal recruitment team, and being frank, increasingly so, they might well be an AI bot right, who, is, who is looking then to match a job description to a CV. So if your CV is full of acronyms, jargon, it's full of shorthand, it's a list of sort of, of what you've been up to the past, whether it's 18 months or, eight, or 18 years, without really driving that home, then you have a lower chance of success. And once more, we, we come back to what are those value adds? So it's one thing sort of looking at someone's sort of career or or where or let's say sort of where they're starting, looking to, to get into an opportunity for the first time in the industry. Uh, but keep emphasising what you're doing extra. Where are you going that extra mile?
0: Just thinking then about people wanting to transfer from different industries, perhaps into real estate in the built environment. Does the same advice apply or is there anything in particular they could be thinking about?
1: Uh, So I I, I think the advice is universal. But once more, having someone who is transferring from one industry into real estate, then there's probably some sort of real world realities we have to take. Chances are their salary will be higher than someone taking their first role in industry they've got a number of years built up and they will have built up a salary within one industry and of course understandably they probably do not want to take too big a drop when they're when they're moving across so in some ways the risk is increased then for that employer because they're expecting a a higher starting salary and can that employer then expect a higher out so once more revisiting that cv looking at it with the, the cold light of day does this really bring forward my achievements and the value I've added. Can I think about some of the transferable value or the skills that one employer might be looking for? Making money, saving money. The opportunity then once more is probably even a narrow focus. Is this person looking at getting out of their industry and jumping into anything else or do they truly want to work in our industry? So once more, revisiting mm. those webinars, the seminars, making sure yeah. that someone has really shown due diligence that this is something I really want to take on.
0: In terms then of the graduate picture, I mean, if if you were somebody who'd studied on a non-property or non-real estate course, what for them it is is the best sort of way of positioning themselves in terms of transferring into the real estate industry again, is it that similar pathway of building up the contacts, you know making sure that you're demonstrating a sincerity and that you've done the due diligence?
1: Uh, yes, I think it's a short answer. I think what yeah. one of the strengths of real estate is is I think it is a, a very sort of open door policy for people who are entering that industry in the first instance no matter whether you've got a real estate degree or it's a numbers or humanities or uh, scientific degree—you you name it—I think sort of property understands the value for people coming in from with different backgrounds and, yeah. and different education. But it is once more, you know, that question mark—is—is is this an applicant for our industry, or is this someone who's just firing in hundred? If you can answer that, then you then once more you think you're back on an even keel with anyone else who's who's entering that that role or, or that application.
0: And as a recruiter, I mean, what what are the sort of things that pique your interest on an entry level CV once you've gone through that initial sort of filtering process? What what are you looking for?
1: Again, we're, we're trying to make the decision as to who has got the highest potential for this role, because often that's all we've got to make a judgment on. So once we've looked at the academics, once we've looked at, at then about sort of what work experience that person might have, might have done, then we're looking at some of the some of the smaller things. So have they have they been involved in some extracurricular activities? Have they been able to to demonstrate their whether it's public speaking or their their sort of their networking, their leadership skills? All these add real value. Each of these are sort of adding layers to that decision making sort of process. Now, mm-hmm. Each of these make it easier for me to say. This is the person who we want to spend more time with.
0: Yeah, okay. And just in your experience, what what are the the things that really help people to succeed in the jobs market, in in the real estate sector?
1: Okay, all levels or? Yeah, I mean,
0: what what are the things that you typically see when people have succeeded in a job search?
1: Okay, well, now we're in the sort of the uh, X Factor special source sort of category, (laughs) aren't we? And I I should say, this this is something that I I particularly enjoy sort of talking about. So I'll I'll have to give you a bit more of a personal answer, I I think, really. I think for people to su- succeed in an industry, I think they have to have an attitude to taking risks. They have to have a, a, an attitude or an openness to consider new opportunities. And you mentioned the, the interest. I, I've been really fortunate. We've had a chance to sort of explore this in, in our podcast series, Accelerating Careers, and and it's about sort of understanding sort of a bit about. I thought it was going to be about DNA. I thought it was going to be about sort of you know what what people have maybe intrinsically coming into the industry, but the good news is people can learn this. People can benefit from other people's experience, but it's looking at when when have I been learning the most? You know, when have I enjoyed my role the most? And not letting yourself be sort of sucked into a, a sort of false insecurity of that sort of comfort, that plateau, that sort of resting of these of these career chapters and wanting to go looking to find something new as a, as a new challenge. And I think if you have got that, that makeup or that curiosity, then I think you're already on to a winning career because you'll go looking for these opportunities more so than others.
0: And what final thoughts would you leave for anyone listening today who's looking to secure that first step in the industry?
1: Okay, so I think there are some fantastic careers within real estate and we've got some great sort of mentors and some uh, some people in in order to follow, follow in their footsteps. But if you're going to do it, make sure you throw everything at it you know we want to see that energy that enthusiasm that persistence as to why you're going to succeed in that industry if you offer up a rather lackluster approach you know you're going to be full of disappointment on both sides both that that candidate and also the recruiter so go for it but make sure you you can show that this is something you really want to succeed in
0: that's fantastic advice thank you nick i'm I'm sure that would be well Nick Carman, many thanks indeed for joining me today. We we'll look forward to speaking to you again in two weeks' time, when we're going to be looking at making the use of LinkedIn and other social media platforms in your job search.
1: Thanks very much, Sarah. Really enjoyed it.
0: That was Bricks and Mortar with Sarah Jackman. For more on developing a career in real estate, see the archive of the Bricks and Mortar series at popbean.com and the
1: EGI archive at egi.co.uk.